0: Here we go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. So today, spoiler, alert, I apologize in advance. It's just this guy. All right, my trusty sidekick Jesse's not here today. Had a scheduling conflict, but the show must go on. So today, we're going to talk about follow up. Uh, there's a blog post on this one as well. If you want, go over to leadership.com Check it out. If you go over, hover over free resources. You'll see a drop down. click on blog. It should be the one right up top. Uh, so please go over there, check that out. Also check out the videos there. They'll take you to the YouTube page. If you've not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so Travis above it. Just search Travis Crutcher. You'll find it. Um, yeah, so check those things out and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Here we go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the show. So like I said during the intro, just me today. uh, No, no faithful sidekick on this episode. That's okay, though. Conflicting timelines and whatnot. It's going to happen. But today we are going to talk about a magical little thing called follow-up. So I wrote a blog post about it, as I do. There's probably going to be a video coming out about it, because there usually is. But essentially, what we're talking about is really the biggest part of your day as a leader honestly um and it's a part that for whatever reason people just they don't make it a priority or maybe they don't know how to do it um and and the reality is look we're going to get into what follow up is but the bigger takeaway is back planning i'll just say that up front we're going to talk about back planning because without appropriately back planning things I'm here to tell you the follow up is never, ever going to happen. All right. So those are the big two topics of discussion today. So what is follow up? First of all, um, in the blog, I talk about it a little bit, but essentially what it boils down to is this, like as a leader, I get it. You don't have a ton of time to spend, you know, putting out every single detail of the task at hand, right? You don't have the time to, if you got a, a 10 minute huddle before, You kick things off for the day with your team. You don't have time in that 10 minutes to tell them all the inches, all the little minute details in the tasks that they've got before them that day. Um, What you do have time for is giving them a clear end state. All right. Now that is the number one thing that you've got to make sure gets out to them. Uh, There's a statistic I I touch on a little bit inside the blog. 67% of plans never make it to fruition, that is a large number, right? If you think about, you know, let's talk about a tactical operation If 67% of tactical operations failed. I mean, that's catastrophic, right? So now relate that to your business. If 67% of the things you're trying to achieve, don't get done the way that you're trying to achieve them. That's going to have a massive impact on what you do every day. Um, Not only that, but you know, without clear end state, your folks don't really know don't really know what it is they're going after. Um you know, there've been studies done to show that if people don't have a clear end state on what the overall objective is, they lack buy-in, right? They don't even know why they're doing the cog the widget, the whatever process. They don't they don't get the why. Um and the why behind stuff is wildly important, right? You've got to show them why they're doing the thing. Um <clears throat> the other thing is if they understand the big overarching end state, like I said before, they're going to have more buy-in. So if the overarching end state is, you know, to provide a better product or a safer product, or, you know, to make a better community, whatever it is that you're you're manufacturing or producing, if it's got a positive impact that is the end state, that, that's something folks can buy into. And without that, they just think they're going through the motions every day and then become disenfranchised and stagnant in their work and everything suffers, right? Because that leader didn't give them the no joke in state, the why behind what they're doing. So I get it. Not a lot of time in that 10 minute huddle, but you can give them the in state, right? And maybe it's not the grandiose cultural in state for the corporation. Maybe it's just today's in state and that's enough for today but you need to make sure they understand that big impactful in state for the corporation as well that's how you're going to keep them around for them to care about what the in state is all right so if we're just giving them today's in state though like i said that's enough for today if to without that i'm i'm going to help you out without giving them today's in state they are not going to succeed it's just not going to happen all right if they don't have a clear goal walking out of that meeting, then they are not going to execute in a manner that they need to, to facilitate achieving that goal. Um, So if they walk out the door with just that end state, that's great because they at least know where to start. All right, Everything that has to get done on the planet, I promise you has an end and a beginning, right? And it's got a bunch of pieces in the middle. And if I've got a clear end state, on a task or on the day, and it's filled with tasks that I'm familiar with, I know where to get started, right? But if I don't even know what my objective is, then I don't even know what to do first. So if, if there's seven processes involved in my day and the end state, what is incumbent on me doing process six last, then if I don't know that end state, who knows where I'll start or finish, Right. So a clearance state is key. After that, your life could be so simple and all you'd have to do is follow up. So let's spend some time talking about that. What is follow up? I mean, it's just what it sounds like, but like I said at the top, it's gonna be the biggest chunk of your day. If you've done what we're gonna talk about next and that's back planning. But the biggest chunk of your day. So in a perfect world, when you've done the back plan that we're gonna discuss properly, you should be able to walk in the door give your desired end state to your team and just hit go on the day. And then the rest of your day is following up. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's give an example. Let's say Jane and John both have competing tasks and they both have competing end states, but you need both tasks to get done today, right? So you give Jane and John their tasks, their end states and say, all right, here's the deal. I'm gonna follow up. Let's say your day starts at eight or nine, whatever. Let's say it starts at eight you tell them, Hey, look, I'm going to follow up with both of you guys prior to lunch. So let's call it, let's call it 1030. I'm going to follow up with you at 1030. Now they're time bound. That's the first big thing with follow-up tasks is they have to be time bound, right? So you tell them, Hey, here's your end state. I'm going to follow up with you at 1030. Here's where I need you to be at 1030. Whoa. Now you've given them something measurable too. So two big things that they've got walking out of the door besides their in-state are now they've got a time-bound measurable task, a benchmark to achieve by 1030. So when they leave that 10-minute huddle, they, they know exactly where to start and they know exactly the expectation of where they should be by 1030. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the majority of the time they're going to be where you need them to be at 1030? If you're saying yes, you're lying to yourself. The answer is no. They probably won't be there at 1030, but that's why you tell them 1030 instead of 11, because you know, as a leader, 1030 gives you a 30 minute buffer, right? So you follow up at 1030 and see where they're at. First round of follow-up, right? This is your opportunity as a leader, as the subject matter expert to step in, make spot corrections and realign their focus to get them back on track, to hit that end state at the end of the day. And this is their opportunity as the doer To go, hey, I'm stuck on this or I'm confused on this. And then you can go and say, hey, look, too easy. Show them the way, right? Empower them. Use that coach train mentor philosophy to show them how to do it right. And that's 1030. And that's all you got to do. You've given them the end state. You come around at 1030. You see where they're at. You de-conflict the problems. You give them the next follow-up hard time, right? So now we're talking lunch and all that good stuff in between, right? But we know the day is going to end somewhere around five. So you go, okay, check it out. I'm going to follow up with you again around 2 p.m. So now they've got however long before lunch and then that time after, before 2 p.m. to get things cracking, to get back. And you also tell them a new achievable benchmark. So you say, when I come around at two, here's what I need to see. And that's it. You walk away. You make sure they understand everything you deconflicted. You give them a new follow-up time and a new benchmark to hit. And then you do that again. Here's the deal. If you've got 10 people in your team, you can schedule follow-ups throughout your entire day. And like I said at the top, that should be the biggest chunk of your day. Here's why. few reasons. Number one is we all know that it doesn't matter how well you plan things are going to get squirrely on you, right? So if I've got my 10 little ninjas out there doing all the tasks, they've got all the hard times, they've got all the benchmarks and they know they're in state. And then something goes sideways on me. I'm, I'm clear to go work on this sideways thing. When this problem comes up, I can actually address it because I'm not in the weeds with everybody trying to figure it out on the fly. I've given them clear guidance and they know what they should be doing, when they should be doing it, how they should be doing it, when I'm going to come around and check on it. So you've given yourself that white space now to react to things. That's the beauty of it. So it's all about being proactive, right? We're going to talk about it in backplane. but all about being proactive. And the more proactive you are, the more reactive you're allowed to be. See, if you just go into your day with no plan and just decide to react as things happen, you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to be on time. You're always going to be behind because you're playing catch up from your lack of planning. Everything is reactionary, not just who's there or these problem sets, but even what you're going to do, you reacted to. So you really got to plan. So that's going to be huge for them when you're doing these follow-ups. The other thing it does, I'm here to tell you as someone who lived it for a long time in the military. I'm the sort, and I think most people are, who would much rather you give me task, condition, and standards. What I got to do, how I, when I got to do it by, and how you want it done, and then you walk away and let me do it. I don't need or want anyone standing over my shoulder while I do it. I like to be in my world and get it done. And I think most people are like that. So by just simply saying, hey, look, here's your instate, here's when I expected by, and here's when I'm going to be back around to check on you. They go, okay, cool. It's on me. I got this. And they're allowed to work without fear of someone judging, you know, how they turn this thing instead of that thing. Right. It, all that little minutia that doesn't really matter when it comes to getting to the end state is, is taken out. They're allowed to just do their bit, which is huge. And that actually will mitigate certain mistakes. I mean, how many of us have been there where you've got someone standing over your shoulder and something that you're, I mean, shoot, tying your shoes. When was you taught a kid to tie their shoes and there was that half a second where you forgot how to do it yourself? That's what it's like having someone stand over your shoulder when you're doing a task that's your task. The other thing it does is it shows them that you trust them, right? And like we've talked about in other shows, trust is massive when it comes to building a strong team. They've got to know, that you trust them, and in return, they're going to trust you, all right? So that that is so big when it comes to follow-up, and like we keep saying, it's going to be the biggest part of your day, but you got to do something called back-planning. We'll come back to follow-up here in a minute, but let's get into this because this is big. Back-planning. Man, I can tell you this right now. If it weren't for a little thing called back-planning, essentially nothing in the military would ever get done. Every single thing we do, I'm not joking, everything to include running in the morning, there is a back planning process that takes place for that. All right. And it's a very simple process, but you got to know the steps and I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds. I'm telling you there's manuals based off of this concept. We're not going to get manual level on this. We're going to give you what it means though. Okay. What it means is to affect everything you can affect before you need to affect it. So for example, I'll use the run thing, right? If I knew that on Friday, I was going to take my platoon on a run, which I'm not going to lie to you, was rare because I'd rather lift weights. But if I knew we were going to go on a run, we had to back plan a run. So what do I mean? Well, first of all, we had to know the route. Where are we going to run, right? We had to know who was coming with us. There's a whole thing called GATWA. I'll let you look that up. But it's basically a five-point contingency plan. We had to know all of that. Who's going with us? How long is it going to take? What's the route? What's the uniform? What is, you know, the weather going to be like? So once I figured out the route, guess what? I got to drive it or better yet, I got to walk or run it myself because what does that do? That gives me real world, actual observed problems, right? So if I'm, if I'm doing this, this run or this walk or this drive to recon the route, then I have to identify along the way, oh, there's a pothole there or, oh, that road is closed or, oh, that's going to take us right into a lake. Any of that crazy stuff, you've got to know. And then in knowing that, I have to construct mitigating factors. So if I know there's a pothole there, okay, got a back plan for that pothole. What does that mean? Well, we're going to start running at 630. And they closed the roads for PT an hour prior to that. So I better get out there at 5 and drop a chem light in that hole. Oh, yeah, trust it. That's a real thing. You're going to drop a chem light, a glow stick, in that hole so that they'll know it's there. And you're going to tell them two days before that, hey, here's the route. Here's a hazard. And here, there's going to be a chem light so you guys can all see it. So not only did I have to map out the route, I had to identify hazards, I had to come up with a way to mark the hazards to keep my people from getting hurt. Then I had to let them know what the hazard was, how it's going to be identified. And this is all days before we're actually going to go forward march, double time march. Like that's how deep everything's got to be. And I know what you're thinking. Wow, that is a lot of effort to put into a run. You know what? You're right. But guess what? Very few instances of someone breaking or twisting an ankle on runs. Very few instances of people falling out of runs. Very few instances of us getting lost running around a military installation. And we'd run in the woods. I mean, this is stuff that is a real thing just to go running. You don't think about it. But if you back plan your stuff, all these little things start to come up. So what did that allow me to do? Well, because I had back planned so so well, by the time I showed up to formation, everything was good to go. Everything was ready to rock. I had my chem lights out. I had my road guards. I knew who was going to stop traffic. We had to stop traffic. Everything was set. I knew what roads were open, which ones were closed. I know who was going to be there. I know who was going to fall out with people. They fell out. I knew who my combat lifesavers were in case someone had a heat stroke or, you know, something crazy like that. I had everything sorted out so that when I got to that formation and I took charge of that group of individuals and we got ready for our run, all we had to do was stretch and take off. Everything was easy. All I had to do was go, Hey, here's the plan. Here's the end state. Today, we're going to conduct the five mile run. The route's going to be here, here, and here. We're going to stop here. Along the route, there's these hazards. They've been marked this way, just like I told you guys about a couple days ago. Questions, comments, concerns. Nope. And we take off. And we did that with everything, with everything. Mondays, maintenance Mondays. Oh, don't get me started. But every Monday was command maintenance. And what that meant was you got to go out there and top to bottom, make sure all the vehicles are fine. Right. And there was, it's a lot. It's a lot of moving pieces. I don't know if you've ever seen a striker, but there's a couple nuts and bolts on that bad boy. And basically what happened was, you know, every Monday we knew this was coming, but we still had to back plan that because Monday has got other stuff happening. Right. So I would say, Hey, look, we got command maintenance on Monday and I would have to back plan the timeline. I would say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to come follow up with where we are We're going to start at nine and I'm going to follow up with you prior to lunch. So around 11 to see where we're at. The reality is by doing that on a consistent basis and getting them in the habit of, Hey, these are my in-state tasks. These are what I'm allowed to execute without operational oversight, which I love because no one likes someone hanging over their shoulder. And here's when they're going to be back. Guess what? About 90% of the time, unless something was squirrely or broken or something went wrong, They were done by the time I came back for follow-up. In fact, they would be done before my follow-up and they would come back and report, hey, we're done. So by creating these processes, by by making follow-up a consistent thing, by making back planning a consistent thing, not only are you making your life easier, but you're gonna execute those tasks at a higher level more quickly. It's gonna make you just overall more efficient as a team. The other thing it allows for because Monday is what it is, and honestly, let's, let's be real, every day is what it is, right? Something's going to come up. When I back plan, and I've got a plan, and then one or two contingency plans for everything that I know is going to happen that day, that means when I walk in the door, if I've got 10 people on my team, I know these three are going this way, these two are going over here, these four are going over here, and this one's staying with me, and I know when I walk through the door, where they're going, what they're doing, when they're going to be doing it, and when I'm going to follow up with them on what they're doing. If you are if you are that planned up when you walk in the door, like we talked about before, you're going to be able to flex your attention to something that comes out of nowhere, right? Mondays, ooh, I don't know, what could it be? Like someone doesn't show up, right? But because you've back planned and you know, okay, I've got these two individuals who are just great at this. So one of them is going to do that. And when one of them doesn't show up, you go, fair enough. The other one can do that. Well, I track down where this person's at. So your plan doesn't fail because you backplanned and had a contingency plan in place. And the other thing it does is it gives people a, a sense of consistency, right? If they know that they're walking into a place every day that no matter what happens, we're going to figure it out. That's huge. That's huge. And it's huge on a lot of levels. But one of the things that it really achieves for a leader is if they know it's going to work out, they know that you are proficient at back planning, that you're a a wizard at follow-up, and you understand how tasks work. They're going to be more open to go, hey, I'm usually the consistent killer for you, but today I'm the problem. Today I'm the thing out of nowhere and I need some help. And because you've backplanned and because you've given yourself that buffer of white space in your day, you're able to help that person. The, that cannot be overstated how important that is. Because if they know that it's a safe place to tell somebody that something's gone squirrely and that you're, you're a caring leader, and they also know that they're not going to throw off the entire day's plan because they've got a problem. Man, talk about buy-in and trust. I mean, that is huge. And I can tell you not just from doing it as a leader, but I had some exceptional leaders in my lifetime too. And that's how they were. And I can, I can tell you, like you, you almost feel bad going to that leader and saying, Hey, look, I'm the problem today, because you get to a point where you love coming to work. You love executing at that high level. You love being the one they go to and say, Hey, I need, and you're like, I got you. Like that becomes something that you crave. And when you can't do it, you feel bad about it. But when it's met with, it's cool, I got you, man, it makes all those times that you gave 110% so much more worth it. Because even if your paycheck wasn't bigger, even if you didn't have more time off, even if you had to work Christmas, you knew that you did it for someone who cared, right? And that someone who cares For a doer, oftentimes in their brains, and I know for me is when I was a subordinate soldier, that that leader is my picture of the organization. So they are a direct reflection of what I think this organization is all about. And if I think that there's someone who cares about their people, someone who takes their time to back plan, someone who gives us clear, concise guidance and follows up to make sure everything's good. If I think they're that kind of person, that's how I feel the organization is. And I'm never leaving. I'm going to be there for forever. I will give up a higher paying position just to stay here. And that's just human nature. You know, my first unit was amazing. I loved everything about it. Top to bottom The leadership was great. And I signed up to stay a full six years longer than I was going to be there initially, something called life cycle, because I loved it. Like there were assignments that were a little sexier at the time, but I didn't do those. I stayed where I was at because the unit was amazing because the leaders reflected something that I could buy into. The same can be said for the other side of the coin though. If you're that type of leader who doesn't back plan, who doesn't give good, clear, concise guidance, who doesn't follow up, help de-conflict issues and propel them forward, Those people are going to get disenfranchised real quick. They're going to look at you as someone who's not organized, someone who doesn't have a plan, someone who doesn't care about their people. And that's going to think they're going to think that's what the organization as a whole is about. So you got to, you got to realize like, it's that important. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that, man, you always got to be watching. Yeah, you do. You really do. Because as a leader, there's so much that rides on how you do things. All right. But this one's so simple. It's so simple. And the reality is the little bit of effort that you've got to put into it will pay for itself 10 times over with the amount of freedom and maneuverability you're going to gain from doing it this way. Um, so quick recap, and then I'm going to let y'all go because I know it's not as much fun to not hear both sides of a conversation. Um, but at any rate, follow up. Big parts to take away from it. Give them a clear, concise instate the day the week the month whatever it is we're after right make sure they understand the organizational goals as well but if we're talking about Tuesday make sure they understand what you want them to get accomplished on Tuesday give them benchmarks give them time-metered things to hit say hey I'm going to be back at this time here's what I expect now they've got something achievable and something time-bound make the follow-up happen whatever else is going on follow up with them deconflict what's going wrong and help them get moving in the right direction again. That's the bulkier day because you did the other part of what we discussed, and that's a back plan, all right? Get into the weeds on your back plan. Figure out contingency plans for everything that could and probably will go wrong, all right? Make sure that you don't have just one person dedicated to the success of the team. Make sure that you've got things planned out to a point that it's okay when that something goes wrong. At the end of the day, what are we getting from this? We're getting a ton of white space in our day. We're getting a more efficient team. We're getting a more trusting team. And we're getting a team that's got buy-in, buy-in, buy-in. And that is huge when it comes to a leader. All right. So at any rate, that is my about 30-minute rant about follow-up and how important it is and a little thing called back planning. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you took something away from this. And I will talk to you next time. Later there you have it folks that was the show that was all about follow-up and we threw in a whole bunch of back planning hope that helps you out maybe it's stuff you already know maybe it's just good to get a little refresher sometimes maybe you've never heard of either one of those concepts and tomorrow your team is going to go who is this demigod that stands before us now either way hope you guys enjoyed it hope you got something out of it do me a favor, please head over to above Uh, you can check out the blog post. Like I said before, just click hover over free resources and hit the drop down. take you to the blog. You can read all the previous posts there as well. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. Just search Travis Crutcher. You'll find this guy in all the videos. And if you guys have gotten any topics that you want us to cover, please do me a favor. Always feel free to email in. Uh, you can go through contact on the website and then just say, Hey, here's what I want to, hear about on the show and I'd be happy to do it. So thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you next time.